Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast. I'm Bori. And I'm Claire. And today we're talking about high flex classes. But first, Bori, how was your week? It was pretty good. Um, my son came to visit um, oh, nice. for Labor Day. Yeah, so that was really fun. His uh-huh. birthday was actually yesterday, but we ended up celebrating last weekend. Well, that's nice. So it's a combo birthday, three-day weekend, Labor yeah, Day visit. Yeah, it was really good. That sounds great. Yeah. Lovely. How was your week? Oh, it was good. Um, I painted a wall in my office and did like wow. a, um, what's it called, an accent wall. And I just, it really felt like I'm claiming this space as like it's important that it look nice because I'm in here and it was just really meaningful to me to be like, this wall looks really good now. That's super cool. What yeah. color? Kind of like a brown. I was trying to hearken to the redwood trees that we have outside oh, nice. and like kind of just connect in. So it was like kind of like a redwood bark. That's thing. awesome. Yeah. So I was really into that. Um, so before we get much further, I guess I want to introduce you to our listeners, Bori. So um, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your role at the university? And um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So I've been a faculty member at... Um, at HSU for mm-hmm. about 15 years, and um, I'm math faculty, mm-hmm. and I have served as math and computer science chair in the last four years, which meant a reduced teaching load. So I did teach a little bit, but probably two or three classes during that time, mm-hmm. um, and my term ended in August, so I'm returning to the classroom cool. sort of full time. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the classroom full time. Thank you. That's awesome. So let's see, we're talking about high flex today, and I kind of wanted to just touch base. There's all these terms. I had to remember what high flex meant. Um, So what, will you just kind of remind us, what does high flex mean as a class modality? Yeah, so I actually uh, wasn't even sure whether that was a term that our university made up. Yeah, not either. (laughs) Or if that's something universal, but I saw an article that was referencing high flex um, just in the last week, so I think it's broader. But essentially what it means at our university is classes that are set up to have both an in-person and an online audience. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe it's worth describing our setup a little bit just so that people kind of have a picture in their mind. So uh, they took a bunch of classrooms um, where they set up cameras that face the blackboards or projectors, Mm -hmm. right? So the front of the classroom. And... They also set up a couple of large screens where the students who are joining via Zoom are projected. So whatever you would see on your computer screen when you're doing a Zoom classroom Mm -hmm. is kind of what the screens are showing. Mm -hmm. And there are also microphones that are mounted on the ceiling, I think, so that uh, they can capture the conversation that happens in the classroom. I see. So the idea is that there are some students who are joining the class via Zoom and students are sitting in the class and the students who are sitting in the class can hear uh, and see the students who are on Zoom Mm -hmm. and vice versa. That's cool. That vice versa um, is probably not working perfectly because as it turns out, not every classroom is set up with a camera that shows the students in the class. Okay. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Lots of technological things. Lots of technological things. And the flex part of high flex means they get to choose, right? So like somebody could come in virtually one day and then face-to-face the next, however right. they want. Cool. That's right. Although I think um, the university was encouraging students to pick one or oh, the really? other. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the idea was that if you're face-to-face, then you would only move online if... Uh, something came up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you got sick mm-hmm. or um, whatever, some, some other see. extenuating circumstance. That makes sense. That's really interesting. Cool. Well, let's talk about that in a bit, but um, you brought a quote for us. Let's talk about that first. I did. Yeah. So um, this was the first week that we met our students face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually surprised by how nervous I felt before uh-huh. it. And um, anyway, I'm going to read the quote and kind of maybe talk about why it felt so uh, relevant. The definition of vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. But vulnerability is not weakness. It's our most accurate measure of courage. When the barrier is our belief about vulnerability, the question becomes, are we willing to show up and be seen when we can't control the outcome? When the barrier to vulnerability is about safety, the question becomes, are we willing to create courageous spaces so we can be fully seen? And this quote is from Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness, the Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. Mm, I love that. Creating spaces. That's really interesting. So what were you thinking about? Yeah, so I think uh, for me... Teaching is really um, being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? Being able to show up and allow myself sometimes to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and connect with students. And it's also, vulnerability is also necessary for them, Mm -hmm. right? Because for learning to take place, they need to tell me about the things they're not understanding. That's a great point. Or tell me when they're getting something wrong Mm -hmm. and that requires a lot of courage, right? Mm -hmm. So my job is to create a courageous and uh, safe space Uh for the students so that they can show up. And that also requires me to show my vulnerability to them. So it really kind of spoke to, I think, what a classroom is like for me. Wow. That's really wise. I really like that. Thank you. So, all right. Well, what what's working for you with High Flex? You've had one week of actually doing the High Flex. So what, what went well in that week? So my goal for the week was to get to a point where um, the technology, I could make the technology work the way it was supposed to work. Great goal. And we got to that by Ooh, the end of the week. Nice. So I was pretty excited That's about awesome. that. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So I have one person who's online who's mm-hmm. particularly active. Okay. And, um, and because she was talking so much and willing to contribute just like uh, she were in the classroom, it really felt like um, it is, it, it felt like it is possible to create the sort of atmosphere that you mm-hmm. would want for the online students. Oh, that's too. wonderful. That's wonderful. And then do you think that helped encourage other virtual people to speak to or, um, 
I wish. I think okay. <laughs> I think that's more the what am I working on uh-huh. part okay. of this whole thing. Totally. So um yeah, there are definitely um technical glitches in the beginning, but I did think that was going to get sorted out pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um and it did, but I sort of feel like there are also like bigger questions about sure. this format. Sure. Sure. What so, about you, Claire? Can you talk about what you're doing? Are you yeah. doing high flex or? So my experience with high flex is mostly from last semester. Uh, this semester I have virtual lecture, face-to-face lab. And so it's very mm-hmm. separated. But last semester I had a lab where it was, um, you know, if you could come in person, great. But mm-hmm. some people couldn't come in person and some people who normally came in person would be quarantining or sick or something. So it mm-hmm. was more of the high flex mm-hmm. model. And, um, and that class was a really lab focused class mm-hmm. and they work in groups. So what I ended up doing that I thought worked pretty well was I had every group have at least one person who was in person, who was face to face. And then they had this iPad on a stand mm-hmm. that had their virtual group mates. And so the virtual group mates then could watch their group mates, you know, use the equipment they were mm-hmm. using and, you know, they could kind of see what was going on in the lab. And they could also participate with like, um, doing calculations, plotting mm-hmm. data, that kind of thing. And also, you know, if something came up and they were trying to figure out, oh, should we do this or should we do that? The virtual person could contribute just as much. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and it was cool that it was on an iPad, yeah. uh, like on a little stand. So they could, cause with the, this lab involves like going and using this equipment and then going oh. so they could carry the person around with them. So that worked pretty well. <laughs> Um, that's really interesting that you would choose to kind of integrate the in-person and online people. Yes. That's probably not the first thing I would have thought of. You know, that's interesting because that's, I, that's, that gets to what I'm working on too, which is, um, yeah, the reason I wanted to integrate the in-person mm-hmm. and the virtual people was because it was such a lab focused class. I really wanted the virtual people to be able to see the instruments that they're supposed to be learning about. And so I wanted them to watch somebody in the lab physically with the instrument, push buttons and try things, you know? So I thought that would give them a closer hand experience than... And can I ask one mm-hmm. more setup type of question? Yeah. So that iPad that the groups had, mm-hmm. was that something that was supplied by the university? Yes, or was, yes. Yeah. Our college bought four iPads for me for my great class. And then we used them for the different groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it worked pretty well. I think obviously it would have been a more full experience if you're actually doing things in the lab yeah. actually with your hands. But given the fact that they couldn't do that, I think it was better than not getting in the lab at all. And then I had a, I had a couple student assistants, or I guess just one student assistant that semester. But so, or um, I did have two students. Anyway, if um, by some happenstance, none of the group members could be face to face that day, my student assistant would be their hands in the lab. And like, they would be like, okay, do this dilution. And the student assistant would do that for them. So that's cool. It will be really interesting to see if the students who were online it will have be. the same kind of gains that the students right. in class did. Definitely. That is um, a question. Are you talking to the person who's doing the, the class that your class was a prerequisite for? Or is there such a that, class? Well, no, it's not. The class that I taught last semester was the 400 level. You're, and now you're done with this series thing. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't really know, I guess, if they... I mean, certainly they didn't get the hands-on experience, but hopefully they at least got the conceptual visualizing yeah. it kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good yeah. question. Totally. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. So what are you, what are you working on? <laughs> High flex. Yeah. So now comes the, the harder part, I feel like, okay. right? Like the first, I think I set myself sort of an easy bar for the mm-hmm. first week, mm-hmm. but I really would like the class to feel interactive and figure mm-hmm. out how to make it an active learning experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that I've worked on a lot while I, you know, I taught in person. Yeah. So I have all kinds of, you know, tricks and, and methods. And then I did a little bit of that last year. I did teach a class last year. Mm-hmm. But some of the things don't really translate well. Sure. And so I'm not exactly... I'm not exactly sure what mm-hmm. that's going to look like, what what um, having a more interactive class will look like. Totally. Um, not all of the students who are in class will have some kind of device with them. Mm-hmm. So there are certainly some days, like in this class, we're going to be learning about some numerical methods. So for those days, I am going to ask everybody to bring a device. I know that Mm -hmm. um, students can get it from the library, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I want to require everybody to bring a laptop or iPad or something um, Mm -hmm. to class. So that means that people will will have sort of different technology on hand. Interesting. Yeah. What have, could you have the virtual people be in groups with other virtual people and the face-to-face be in groups with other face-to-face people? Or how would that? Yeah, that is definitely one of the things that I was thinking about Mm -hmm. just because it's easy to put the virtual people in a breakout session, Mm -hmm. right? So that's sort of a natural thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think even thinking about the activities that Mm -hmm. people would do, Mm -hmm. Um, they would be I, different. I would probably yeah. have them do different things. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where my, where, yeah, where my roadblock is right now is that I'm kind of having a hard time figuring out, um, what the best actual activities that students could be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, um, you know, it seems like we could try things like there's Jamboard that we have used. So online people could write on Jamboard, mm-hmm. face-to-face people could write on a piece of paper, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's pretty equivalent. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Um, and I was also thinking that maybe I'll just do, do sort of easier things, right? I do a lot of think, pair, share, or just grab somebody to talk to for a couple of uh-huh. minutes, Um so like a, a student in a group you would chat with for a couple minutes? Or what, do you, what What was that last bit that you made? Sometimes if I feel like I'm asking questions in class and nobody's saying anything, mm-hmm. then I make people talk to each other. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. To kind of get a feel for like, oh, is this just too easy? Mm-hmm. And everybody is on board and that's why they're mm-hmm. quiet. Or if it's really too hard and nobody knows what's going on, oh, but everybody's too afraid to ask. That's always a tricky thing to figure out. That's a good way of figuring it out. I like that though. But yeah, yeah so, how do you do that in the hybrid setting? That's interesting. Yeah, even just something like that, like have the people online chat with each other or something mm-hmm. if they want. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So try with easy, try first with mm-hmm. easy things mm-hmm. is kind of my idea. I like that idea. And I really like your idea of having the, the jam board and the piece of paper so it's really kind of equivalent mm-hmm. scenarios for the virtual and the face-to-face people. Yeah. 
Yeah, in the classroom, I'm not sure if I could pair the online people with the mm-hmm. face-to-face people. It seems like you'd kind of need an individual device for the face-to-face person right? to talk to just one virtual person and not everybody. Yeah. Was there any... Were there issues with feedback when you had several iPads and <laughs> um, people talking? The, we didn't have issues with feedback. Sometimes we had issues where if one iPad was really loud, then the virtual person was speaking really loudly and nobody, in the, <laughs> nobody could hear anything but that person, so we'd have to turn the iPad down. But then other times it would be more like the virtual people could hear everybody in the room. Like you had to be right next to the iPad to not just be background noise like all the rest of the noise in the room. Yeah. So those were kind of a couple issues we had. I've heard a couple technology issues. I've just been kind of asking my students yeah. how their high flex classes are going. I wonder if you've run in it's, it's um I wonder if you've run into these things. But yeah, things where like the virtual people are too loud and mm-hmm. everyone jumps when they start speaking <laughs> or something like that. Um or they can hear everyone in the room equally loudly, and so they're having trouble hearing the faculty. But so I don't think I think if you had like an individual device, um, I don't think it would be a problem because you could adjust the volume on that device. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That whoever's speaking into that device could just talk to their one virtual partner. I think that would work. I don't think that would be a problem with feedback, if unless you had it really loud. Mm-hmm. At least just based on my iPad experience. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of things are you working on? Well, I'm working on including the virtual folks fully, which is yeah. kind of what you're talking about. Um, and, I, and I'm also thinking about this question of having the groups be mixed face-to-face mm-hmm. and virtual people or just virtual and just yeah. face-to-face. And I kind of think like one of the problems that comes up anytime you have some virtual and some face-to-face people seems to be that the virtual people, it's just not conducive to them feeling fully included, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I haven't tried this, but it seems to me like if you have groups that are fully virtual, at least they're within mm-hmm. the group, they're all on the same footing and they can all talk to each other in equal terms. And that seems like that would be good. Yeah. So I think if possible, and I, I you know, in, in my lab case, I, I specifically wanted the virtual people mm-hmm. to be able to interact with the face-to-face people to see the equipment. But I think if there wasn't some scenario like that, I might prefer trying to just have virtual people be with virtual mm-hmm. people and face-to-face people with, be mm-hmm. with face-to-face people. And then it's more, you know, we're all in the same context here within yeah. this class, you know? So I don't know. I'd like to try that. Um, but I haven't tried it yet. But it seems to me like it would help a little bit with that virtual people feeling left out thing. Yeah, I think that is definitely the biggest issue that I'm that I'm worrying about or thinking yeah. about, too, yeah. that... Other than the one really outgoing, fantastic person online, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of my other online students are quiet with their cameras off. Right. And it's some of the same issues that we were grappling with last year when instruction was online, but now it's even even more stark, right? Because mm-hmm. you have some people mm-hmm. who are physically there yeah. and who don't have the option of sort of, mm-hmm. of, of being, you know, invisible. Mm-hmm. And even if they're quiet, you can read their faces, their yes. body language. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just a very different kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be, that's definitely going to be the challenge. Mm-hmm. At least... 
if you can read the body language of the people who are there, you know, a lot of the times just a random subset of the students <laughs> will represent the whole class. That so at least true. you'll know <laughs> if they're lost or not, maybe. But yeah. So did you have any trouble? This is just kind of a side question, I guess. But um, one of my students was talking about, I guess, some of the cool technology that we have at our university for HyFlex involves a camera that follows the instructor around. And that's yes. pretty darn cool. Um, but then sometimes it follows the instructor away from something you needed to see on the board or something like that, which, of course, we just need as instructors to learn that that's a thing. But did you have any... Oh, in- yes. Yes. <laughs> so that- maybe when I said that the technology was working, I was like overstating things a little bit. <laughs> well, it was working by the end, I guess. Or, well, it was working in the sense that everything was turned off, uh-huh. turned on and like pointing the right way uh-huh. and, you know, like working in that sense. But yeah, I certainly have a long ways to go until um, I use that technology in the optimal way. There are mm-hmm. silly things like, you know, I'm sort of average height for a woman, uh-huh. but not very tall. Uh-huh. And I can certainly write near the top of the blackboard, uh-huh. but when I do that and the camera is focused on me, oh. you can't see anything that I'm writing. So oh, there are like no. all kinds of funny <laughs> things with me, like waving my arms, both of my arms up in the air. To and try like, to get the camera to go up higher. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. And, um, and the same thing that you mentioned, right? Like I'm walking and kind of talking about something that is happening on a part of the board that's mm-hmm. now no longer projected for the people online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and again, fortunately, my outspoken person online was very good That's about great. Uh, letting me know when I was like pointing at things that they couldn't see or oh, you really know, when the writing was above. Yeah. So that was super helpful. So I feel like at least I was conscious of things mm-hmm. that were not working, but it's definitely... Um, not automatic yet in right. any shape or form. And the more they tell you, the more you'll know where it is and stuff. So that'll be fine. But it would be a lot of work if you had to watch through the whole lecture to notice those things. So it's yeah. so much better if somebody can point it out. That's really yeah. good. That has been very helpful. That's good. Yeah. Well, challenges. But I think it's really, I feel like with High Flex, there's a lot of challenges with having the two groups of people. There's a lot of challenges with the technology, but it seems to me like these are all surmountable challenges and it has a lot of cool potential. So I'm excited about it. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, um, I know that people, many people, uh, were pretty opposed to going online, right? Mm -hmm. Until we were forced to do that Mm -hmm. because it seemed like it was going to be really difficult, uh, to engage people. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, a year and a half or two years or however long it's been later, people have figured out ways. Yeah. And I can certainly see how the high flex is going to give us the greatest amount of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm excited about it too. I definitely feel like there is a lot to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And I'll be curious to talk to other people too who are doing this mm-hmm. um, and just figure out what's working and, you know, answer questions like the one you pose, like how should you group people? Yeah, <laughs> should you... totally. Yeah. And it's great. So many people are trying so many things. We're, we're learning a lot as a educating community. I think so too. And even technology, right? Like yes. we learned so much in mm-hmm. the last year about all these tools. So yeah. I bet there are all kinds of tools out there that we just don't know about that will be totally. super helpful. Totally. Yeah. 
And I'm also really excited. I have learned this past however long it's been how useful it is for the students for me to post my lectures mm -hmm. afterwards. And even people who attended lecture virtually watch it afterwards again sometimes if they need to. So I want to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting a lot better with the technology of how we could do that. Like if you're already doing a high flex format, well, then you can just slap the lecture up there. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited about that too. Yeah, that actually brought up some questions about recordings. Mm -hmm. So I was not recording my lectures this week just because I don't even know why. There were really. too many other things going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I definitely found out from my students that many of the other people doing the high flex classes are mm. doing that. Because mm -hmm. um, so you could probably know. just record it with Zoom, right? With the same yeah. thing you're already doing. What do you have? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? On recording I, versus not? I mean, I've become a fan of recording. Mm -hmm. And I, I would want it to be like, of course, we have all this, you know, I have all my lectures from the past, however, you know, many semesters recorded, but I would want it to be the same ones I did that semester, ideally. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I would be, I... Assuming the technology is not too difficult, which because we're making such mm -hmm. big strides, I don't think it will be. I'm planning to in the future record my lectures and just post them as just an added resource. Um, yeah, so so that's what I don't know. I don't see any negatives. I don't know. What, would you not want to do it for some reason or just what do you think? Yeah, I guess for this week, I just felt like I was juggling so much. Totally, way that, too much technology. Yeah. Um, that it wasn't really something... Mm -hmm. I wanted to worry about. Yeah. And then I sense. guess, you know, this is kind of a bad reason, but I was worried that it's going to give incentive to people to not yeah, show up. Yeah, totally. I understand. Um, and I really would like people to come. <laughs> yeah. It's much better to see it live and to right. be participating in the activities. Yeah. I know what you mean. I have attendance points and you don't get those for watching it afterwards. So mm -hmm. I feel like hopefully that's the incentive but I, mm -hmm. I don't know that's a good point yeah and my son is actually um a college student and I know he goes to class right so mm -hmm. he's good about attendance but he was telling us that he re-watches things sometimes mm -hmm. and so it's definitely shifted my mm -hmm. thinking about like why people want to have it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think there aren't really like very yeah. good reasons not to do it yeah. The only, my only hesitation is that I might say something that's not completely mm. right, you know, misphrased right. at one point, And I wouldn't want that to go down on record that they, you know, look back on and learn from again, you know? So I'd be a little worried about that kind of thing, but I don't know. That, that seems like a small worry that I should discuss. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, I, I feel like, um, when you're actually talking to people, in, you know, in a live setting, it's never going to be as polished mm -hmm. as when you're doing a pre-recorded right. video. Totally. So maybe, you know, maybe actually that is uh, part of my hesitancy about it is that you have kind of less control over it. Yeah, sure. Someone um, asks an unexpected question and that is now part of the lecture that's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that's kind of partially why you would want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. I think you just need to make sure that students understand that context, right? right? That right. it's not going to be the same kind of lectures that we were recording last year mm -hmm. where you're sitting there and you're explaining the content, mm -hmm. you know? 
a live lecture recorded is different than a prepared lecture in advance. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there are definitely things, right, where if I'm pointing at things or <laughs> things are written too high, even though you're watching the recording, but there might, might, might be some things that are cut mm -hmm. out or not shown. Right, or, right. Yeah. yeah. The primary source of information includes is the lecture, and this is a supplemental way to get more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I don't know, some way of making sure that students understand that this is not mm -hmm. a good replacement, right? Like this is a replacement um, in sort of worst case scenarios or something, right. but it really is more of a supplement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, thanks, Bore. This has been a really interesting discussion, and thanks so much it for being on the podcast. Fun. Thank you for having me, Claire. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener, and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.